0: This is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Secret Invasion, Episode 2, Promises. Tell me something I don't know about the scrolls that led.
1: Um, They're here. Who's here? All of us.
0: Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. you're, You're telling me... There's a
2: million scrolls walking amongst us right now. Have you lost your
1: reptilian ass mind?
0: Welcome back fellow defenders to episode two of secret invasion promises. This is defenders podcast and this is TV podcast industries. I am one of your hosts, John.
2: I promise I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Ooh.
1: I promise nothing. I promise no one, and I am no one. But some people call me Chris. I don't
0: even know who I am.
1: (laughs) It's what day is it?
2: Ah, new parent uh, brain. Poor poor Chris doesn't even know what day it is and hardly even knows his name.
1: I swear it's new parent brain, and it's not that I have uh, recently been uh, replaced by a scroll, (laughs) and they just lost a few days in, in between. That's all. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Good, good stuff. Yeah. Yes. This is the second episode. We have titles. Yes, yes. You do. Uh, episode two is Promises. And episode one, of course, which we didn't know at the time, was called Resurrection.
2: Yes. We held off recording. We did uh, We did say in the last podcast that we got uh, screeners for the first two episodes. We had seen the first two episodes at the same time as we recorded last week, but we held off recording. It's really interesting when you hold off and recording until after the episodes have come out because, uh, you guys may have noticed, uh, we didn't really mention much about the opening credits we just mentioned. Kind of interesting, felt a bit, a bit Cold War-y, the music sounded very Russian versus American kind of music, but it was grand overall, and then everything exploded after episode one. <laughs> Nothing was reported about how good the story was, or how great it was to see Samuel L. Jackson. It was all, oh God, Maria Hill's dead, and oh my God, the company have used ai to generate some (laughs) credits for a tv show that was the only thing that was being discussed over the last week um it was interesting when i just quickly mention it since we obviously didn't mention in the first episode we did like the credits overall we understood the idea that there was they looked very weird and didn't look like standard artwork um it seemed like the headline that was out there that disney used ai for these opening credits seemed to have been just run with by everybody that I saw on the internet where it was like, why don't they just pay an agency to make opening credits for the show? They did pay an agency. They paid the exact same agency that uh, multiple companies have used for making, making credits before. That, that agency put a number of artists on the opening credits for the show and those creatives that were doing it chose to use AI to adjust the art, to en- enhance the art and augment the art, like has been done, on tons of CGI projects uh, before. So things like uh, Across the Spider-Verse used a hell of a lot of uh, AI artwork to uh, complete the work. So I think it was an interesting choice. There's a massive backlash because there's a massive backlash to AI AI overall, but um, I think it was pretty overblown given how cool that first episode was. How about you
1: guys? So I understand some of the rhetoric. Big Bad AI is coming to take our job, and first and foremost, it is coming to take are uh, creatives
2: mm-hmm.
1: in areas of the internet and places that is very true that is true in this specific case mm-hmm. ai is used as a tool yeah photoshop same type of thing photoshop itself has ai tools within it now mm-hmm. to to expand out and people are using that too so very fun i saw someone do uh um, Abbey Road and expand out what is behind or outside of the frame of the, 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 the Abbey Road Beatles album, mm-hmm. for example. It's very fun. It is a tool. In some cases, it is badly used when someone goes and goes, oh, I like what that artist does. I'm going to steal their artwork. And I'm going to make AI make my own version of it. That bad. When an agency pays a number of creatives and they choose to use ai as a tool mm-hmm. to augment and change paintings and artwork and samuel jackson's face and things like that that's just creative that's literally it's just a different form of paper yeah, exactly. so the the rhetoric that got in my opinion on this one was overblown yep. because it's ai is bad yeah all forms of ai is bad Problem is AI has been around for ages. Different forms of machine learning have been around for ages. You probably don't even know it. Exactly. You're using AI and have been using it for a while. Yeah. But it's just how it's used. And <laughs> in this case, it was used fine. Yeah. That is my opinion. <laughs> and I did enjoy that. I enjoyed them a lot because it looked, I liked the morphing effect. And as I rewatched episode two for tonight's recording, I, I, I even looked at it was like, actually, is this bad? What, what was I wrong? Did mm-hmm. I not enjoy this? Should I not have... Jo- no, still enjoyed it. Still <laughs> yeah. thought it was cool. Everything was good.
2: Still cool. fine. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Um Well, not
0: to give too much more uh, to this, because I guess... I, I mean, I, I personally just think it's probably just caught up in a whole rake of other things of people's... Yeah. You know, whether it's cost of living, war in Ukraine, whether whatever it might be that is making everyone panic and, uh, like, outrageously, like, stressed... Um so I guess it's just another one of those things. It's possibly thin end of the wedge. I you know I still like the the credits. I think I was the one that commented on it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the vibe of them for sure. You know so but I guess if you're in that industry where there's that threat certainly when there you've got studio executives talking well we're going to have all our programs written by us, you know if that's a thing, you know as a threat to striking people. I can see why it would cause controversy. I think it's the timing with the strikes and some of the kind of yes. counter threats that have been used within mm-hmm. the industry. So I can see why people would see it as a thin end of the wedge Um if they're an artist and maybe not, you know, well-paid. So I, I guess, you know, it's easy to say if you're not involved in that kind of creative industry. I guess it's a bit like the... The Weavers before the Industrial Revolution. So, I mean, there's always been backlashes oh, to increases in yeah. technology yeah. in work. And you're right. It's been there. Um, I still like them. Um, I wish they'd focused more on the show. Um, and I absolutely. think with that, let's just get into our spoiler-filled discussion mm-hmm. of yeah. episode... Two, yeah. Remember, fellow defenders, you are on TV Podcast Industries, where other than talking about AI, we also talk about great TV shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> and So you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com, uh, where you can find any good or evil uh, or human or scroll like podcast player of your choice to listen to us. You can also leave a voicemail over there or send in emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Dot com for feedback which we have a lot of for episodes one and two of secret invasion which we'll be coming to later absolutely and just a reminder we also have our pub quiz for secret invasion that's
2: where you send your answers to to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com we'll have our second question coming up later in the episode and to catch up on any questions you missed pop on over to the website at tvpodcastindustries.com Click on the pub quiz section, and there's one in there for Secret Invasion now.
0: Yes, and we also have a name for it now. It is Burner's Tavern. Um, But I have to say, where Rhodey and Nick Fury were, did not particularly look like a tavern. Yeah, looked about Uh, as far away from a tavern Like a very plush (laughs) gastropub, I guess. Or a hotel. Or a hotel bar. Yeah. Uh, But nonetheless, a tavern. We have Burner's Tavern Mm -hmm. now for our Secret Invasion pub quiz. Excellent. But Derek, let's get on with it. Uh, What are some of the episode details? Well, the executive producers
2: of the show are Kevin Feige, Jonathan Schwartz, (gasps) Louis Desposito, Brad Winderbaum... Samuel L. Jackson, Ali Salim, (laughs) Kyle Bradstreet and Brian Tucker. The head writer for the show, of course, is Kyle Bradstreet and every episode of the show has been directed by Ali Salim. Uh, The teleplay for this episode was written by Brian Tucker with the story by Brant Engelstein and Brian Tucker. Uh, We spoke about Brian Tucker on on episode one, but Brant Engelstein is an executive producer on the series. Uh, We discussed him previously when he wrote three episodes of Agent Carter and was an executive producer on that show coming up also another connection for TV podcast industries he is a writer and producer on the boy's spin-off series Gen V which is coming out later this year excellent stuff
0: so that kind of cool it be good brands of TV podcast industries pedigree
2: yes yes we should give them some kind of uh, some kind of award um <laughs> particularly going from the previous spy show we covered Asian Carter and moving on to uh, to secret invasion as well, well that's we kind of cool we only
0: cover quality here on TV podcast industries yep. so yes Brant Engelstein, you quality mint individual. There you go. There yes. You go.
2: Good and, of course, stuff. Brian Tucker.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And everybody involved in the series, I think, uh, so far. Yes. <laughs>
0: Including the boss. Yes. John,
2: do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis
0: for Secret Invasion Episode 2 Promises? Sure. In 1997, two years after the Skrulls first arrived on Earth, Vara introduces Fury to a young Skrull named Gravik. Fury consoles him over the loss of his parents and then gives a speech to the assembled Skrulls promising that in return for for their help saving Earth, he and Carol Danvers will find them a new home. In the present day, after escaping from the bombing attack on Reunification Square in Moscow, Fury learns from Talos that there are more than a million Skrulls secretly living on Earth amongst the humans. Angered at Talos' deception, Fury kicks that mother-effin' scroll from the mother-effin' train. Gravik meets with members of the Scroll Council, a group of scrolls who are in high political positions across the world. Some express their d- disapproval of his unsanctioned bombings, which may reveal their presence to the humans. Gravik reminds the Council of Fury's failure to deliver on his promise to find them a new home. And the Skrull, posing as the UK Prime Minister, proposes Gravik as the new Skrull General. Most of the council agree, but one member, Shirley Sagar, refuses to submit and support the coup. She is allowed to leave unharmed, and Gaia sees her leave. Shirley secretly contacts Talos, who asks her to set up a meeting in public between him and Gravik. Meanwhile, in London, Colonel James Rhodes is interrogated by the joint national leaders about the United States' role in the Moscow explosions, but Colonel Rhodes gives them nothing but sensitivity to their concerns. Following the hearing, Rhodes meets with Fury to explain the scroll threat, but to Fury's dismay, Rhodes gives him a military discharge. He believes Fury is overstepping his remit and cannot manage a threat like this. Fury leaves angry at another betrayal. Back in Moscow, Russian agents interrogate the Skrull Brogan, who is posing as an American citizen, believing he is responsible for the attack. Sonia Falsworth arrives at the butcher shop, where the prisoner is being tortured. She stops the Russians from beating the meat, and proceeds to question Brogan. Using her persuasive methods, she learns that Gravik is building a machine for the purpose of strengthening the Skrulls and a scientist couple named Dalton is involved. Gaia also secretly discovers that the scientists are experimenting on various alien samples, like Groot, the Frost Beast, Kull Obsidian, and the Extremis Virus. Afterwards, she accompanies Gravik on a mission to rescue Brogan as Falworth escapes. Suspecting him of having talked, Gravik has Brogan executed by Pagon before they can reach their compound. Meanwhile, Fury returns to his home, where he is greeted by his wife after she has changed from her scroll form back to human. Loads going
2: on in the second episode again.
0: Absolutely loads, including an old wedding ring. Well, yes, yes, and I'm sure we'll talk about
1: it. <gasps> no, we're not, we're not talking, that's it, that's it, we're done. We're, we're never talking about that <laughs> yeah. scene at all, just to really, because there's nothing to be said about that wood scene. Yes, but let's start from the beginning.
0: <laughs> Indeed, let us get into our case notes for this episode. First off, case note number one: a bombshell on the train. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yes, we have uh, Talos and Nick Fury having a little game that that Fury used to uh, play with his mother uh, when they used to go uh, traveling around the USA. Mm-hmm. Yes, a game called Tell Me Something I Don't Know. Mm-hmm. And indeed Talos did, yes. Seemingly pretty much all the scrolls, a million of them, mm-hmm. uh, that fled from Skrullos, apart from maybe a few that are happily somewhere uh, with Emperor Drogus' colony, um,
2: yeah, are mean, on Earth. Yeah, we don't know that i think i would just put it into into our notes for later on uh we don't really know who emperor drogue is it's just casually mentioned by uh by talos it here was. when he's talking to uh, talking to fury but the bigger point is talos kept this from fury he's never told him about this yeah. um they were working together uh, as we see in the flashback obviously back in 1995 uh, 1997 um fury has started to get some scrolls working for him to save the planet from potential future threats they've been working for him for 30 years. Uh, fury blipped away for five years um as well but talos has never taken the opportunity to tell fury that a million scrolls everybody that survived pretty much uh is now living on planet earth hidden in plain sight
1: yeah i do wonder how many like basically when they all arrived so i think it's kind of in my head in my own head canon it's the original group was with talos Back for the Captain Marvel, 1995-1997, and in these thirty years, a million have arrived. Like not like point by point. Yes, probably more in the last twenty years because previous five. Remember with the blip plus now Saber is active as well. Mm-hmm. So you would think because of all this, at some point in the last five to ten years, Saber has been built. They have the space station. So any. Ships coming down would have been caught. Dropping yeah, people off. So it's probably in twenty in the odd twenty years.
2: It feels like from the conversation that Talos is having with Fury here that he's saying when Fury disappeared for those five years, he thought he would never come back. Five years is a very long time, and Fury yeah. made that promise to find a new home for the scrolls. So, uh, so he's it's like he's saying at that point he threw out a beacon to anybody that could possibly be still alive, oh, any scrolls okay. that were still alive in the universe now come to Earth since we can't find another home, he feels again, in his own way, that Nick Fury was never going to be able to uh, resolve that deal,
0: right? Yeah, and and Talos does say, you know, his hope was that they can coexist with humans, so that is probably uh, what happened, I mean it, yeah, it wasn't all just one million sort mm-hmm. of heading over to Earth. So, yeah.
2: I mean, but we it, saw the destra- damage and destruction that was caused by the blip as well. Um, when we saw that jump in the inc- Avengers movie, we saw how they probably wouldn't be focused on uh, the arrival Jim, of these aliens. Yeah. Now, they, yeah. now, of course, uh, the scrolls are able to um, to come cloaked in their ships so it's not like they would see a million ships overhead just nobody would be investigating that since we had so much so much loss of the humans
0: yeah i mean it, yeah i i thought uh, like i, I really like this scene i like that kind of you know almost mm-hmm. truth or dirt type um game being played here because you know he, even fury says and when he played it with his mom mm-hmm. he wouldn't tell the truth you know or he wouldn't he would tell something sort of Absolutely really crazy sort of crazy mm-hmm. or or just really not worth mentioning and of course that was just what he said the absence of what he said would tell his mom and um, so she's it seems like he didn't uh lick his sort of intelligence chops off the pavement nope. so to speak uh that his mom could figure out you know how nick and his girlfriend were, effectively, yeah, by avoiding a the questions. So, weeks, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a nice <laughs> little moment. I, I did think kind of the abrupt sort of leaving of Talos was... It, it just felt a little too abrupt. Um, But I did kind of like that he was changing into um uh, a Russian lady yeah. uh, all the time as well. I thought that was good. That's um, cool. And he certainly does seem to have that chameleon effect. I mean, I'm guessing that Talos hasn't really kept a single form before other than the Ben Mendelssohn, but he 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 will go into other forms quite a bit, you know, yeah, um and well, that's part of the
2: structure of this episode. What we're learning is that Nick was effectively employing all of the scrolls to take on many various forms that were they were kind of his um what are they called in in game of thrones the the birds that uh that he's sending out to do to find all the information out so uh telos would have been someone that would have been quite central to that he's he's the number one uh for for nick in this project basically well that's it
1: i do wonder how how many of these million now are how many have replaced people versus how many are just there taking on different forms so that is the question i do have is this replacement tech uh that we have seen in episode one are you taking the memories and s- storing people mm. how much of that is being used is it just on gravix little compound and his new scrolls just the that faction who do it mm-hmm. or are we talking like a million people have been replaced yeah, uh, like, uh, okay, you know that, what I mean. That's I'm too like, yeah, yeah. extreme,
2: but I think it's somewhere in between the two. Exactly, um, we saw in Captain Marvel that it's very easy for a scroll to take the form of any human, but they don't get the memories. That's the, yes, the exactly. machine that's been added. But that is a machine that we also saw in Captain Marvel where they were trying to take her memories. So that is scroll tech. It's standard scroll tech that they're that they're using. Yes. So potentially all of them had that as well. But um, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more when we get on to the to the Scroll Council, the Scroll secret Council, exactly. because that was not created by gravik gravik has only yep. become a new member of that group so um pretty likely that there's a lot more of the scrolls uh, who are taking positions in in various ways around the world and have taken on the memories and and experiences of humans um but some may just be living with another face that uh, yeah. that they're using and it's not technically replacing somebody else but the fear i suppose of the show overall is that it is it could be your neighbor who has all the same memories as your neighbor of 20 years ago have but they've only just arrived a week ago And <laughs> you know yeah. so that's the whole
1: or, that's the whole fear of the show or as you're putting which is like it's someone with my face living in canada mm-hmm. and is going oi crikey eh? i don't know why he's living in canada and australian Was but that, a, was that a Canadian
2: i was wondering whether it, it, you're messing your own accent up there chris for a second no no
1: No, no, it's just i was gonna go oi crikey throw another shrimp on the barbie it's cold outside
2: i think that's Austria, austria isn't it chris
1: uh, da. Yeah, da. I even went that. I went Russian there. See, that's we're mixing everything. It's a blending pot of accents. That's what my scroll has out there. It is. Um, um, anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, will just say before we close out our, our case note number one, I do love the scene. I think, I think yes. Mendelson and um and Samuel L. Jackson together are so good. We've, we we yeah. saw in that kind of flashback scene at the beginning to which now, if you've never seen Captain Marvel before, you don't need to see Captain Marvel because that was the entire movie condensed into five minutes but uh, we saw their friendship develop throughout that movie that's that's the whole thing it gets brought in again by fury that now he trusts Talos and Talos trusts him as he says as Talos says he doesn't trust many people at all and now you have the breakdown of that relationship i i love the question itself tell me something i don't know about this specific topic is a really interesting way of of additionally probing someone it's a cool a cool little tool that he's got and yeah i think the reaction i know i know um talos being kicked off the train did seem like a an overreaction but i do think that moment where the camera settles on fury afterwards where he just puts his head in his hands and goes i thought the problem was there's about 10 scrolls who have reacted badly against the rest of the scrolls that i know are here oh, God, there's a million of them on the planet that I wasn't even aware of. Um, That's what what that all looked like uh, from that one moment where his head is in his hands uh, on the train. So I liked it.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, in terms of Fury being disappointed with Talos, I can see that. I think he's freaked out. I don't think it's just disappointed. That's the thing. uh, But, you know, it was just, I felt they should have kind of talked it out. Mm.
1: It, It does lead into Hills usually... Fury is three steps ahead, mm-hmm. 12 steps ahead, and this, he's just not. Yeah, it reinforces uh, that. Like, it reinforces that, i.e., yeah. a million scrolls are here, not in New Scrollios, and just yeah. on the planet, and Fury didn't know. Exactly. Now, again, it's Fury, so we've got to ask the question, did he know? And he's just like this is he's playing 4d chess <laughs> eighth dimensional yeah. like game of tell me something i didn't know we'll probably we'll find have, out more of that by the end
2: yeah and we'll things. probably talk about that again in our uh, our usual case note number five who do you trust yeah, absolutely <laughs> anything yeah. else on case note number one
0: no nothing from me um shall we move on to our case note number two mm-hmm. yes the council I wonder if they deal with like uh property tax and stuff like that. No, there's only it's only UK councils that deal with that ah, job. Okay. Although we do have the
2: UK prime minister as a major member Absolutely. of this council. Um the subs- the levels that they have gotten to as scrolls in the time they've been on the planet again, we don't know the full details. I'm sure that's the stuff that will be fleshed out as the season have gone- goes on, but I really like this revealed that there is the secret council who are in major positions of power, well, not always the leader of government, but very high positions of power. Oh,
0: leader of NATO, mm-hmm. the UK Prime Minister, and then an American spokesperson yeah. at least for the American government, Republican so, Party, yeah.
1: Conservative Party. I only called it Republican, but they said Conservative. Okay, um, yeah. Basically, their version of an MP um, for our British fans. So, um, yeah. so I like. elected this was, official.
0: Yeah, this was really interesting that they're in this. Um, in these high positions because it's also like to what extent you know when we go to 97 where Nick Fury is you know making this promise to the Skrulls in return for the work that he's going to give them effectively to be his network of spies and infiltrators yeah. is to what extent does he know that the head of NATO and the UK Prime Minister exactly is a scroll what was that part of his plan to not only have, um, the, the infiltrators and spy network, but to infiltrate high levels of power? Mm. Or is this something that has just happened, um, since mm. we, like, that's the interesting thing here. And certainly with the new knowledge, like we discussed in case note number one of, um, a million scrolls here. If he doesn't know that, then you know, in a sense, his little campfire has suddenly started to burn the whole hilltop. Understand? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, you know, it's kind of becomes out of his control when you see these people um, on the Scroll Council and what the positions that they have in the real world, mm. and I mean, even it, it, you know, it leads in to the roads. Um, interrogation effectively by the European Union and the UK and other leaders about Mm -hmm. the involvement of America in the bombing in Russia so you know they can suddenly you know move to reinforce Gravik's plan here when you know in this council he effectively it's a peaceful enough coup um, I think it's just a chop to the throat of uh, the NATO, chief mm-hmm. of NATO. Yeah. Who does turn and accept it pretty quickly as well. Yeah. After being yeah. chopped in the throat yeah. by the, the old henchman. But that's more of
2: a shut up, listen to what I have to say. And then
0: he accepts it. But they all you accept know? it. Yeah. He, he had the UK Prime Minister uh, mm-hmm. on board. I, yeah. I guess, um, you know, it's probably a little nod to. Boris and Eugene Lebedev in the House of Lords, something you know, (laughs) or something like that. Mm -hmm. He already had sort of done his play, yeah. um, And it's only, and I do love the name here. It's only Shirley um, that (laughs) that says, you know, if you're appointing a general and looking to go to war, Mm -hmm. you don't remember the history of the scrolls. It wasn't that we went towards that we were too eager to go to war mm-hmm. with the Krees I've and done. we lost. And what's the possibility of us losing here? And it, yeah. you know, there is an element here with, with graphic that um, he, you know, as he says, he views the human race as self destructive anyway. So this is just speeding up a process that will happen anyway. And um, sure, so, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, it's an interesting kind of, Assemblage, but they move pretty quickly after Gravik um, has himself appointed as the the, the general, scroll general uh, to sort of coordinate. Then this attack as he lays yeah. out um, his plan to to the council, with the exception of good old Shirley, um, who it was interesting then that she was immediately on the phone to. Telos, yeah, absolutely, and it, it's even to the point with Gaia who was waiting outside, um, as Shirley left, um, there is a look between them, that a seemingly knowing look between them, and it's quite interesting, sort of just on a bigger level, you know, to what extent Gravic trusts Gaia, and um, you know, it's kind of it it really does ramp everything up around that.
1: Yeah, look and I will get to a lot of that stuff in a second just on the council specifically. I have a question which is which is the interesting one which is I can see shield and fury. I can see fury. Mm-hmm. putting in people into into government but not into like an aid or a low level council woman. Yeah. And starting there and then he disappears for 5 years. Right. Mm-hmm. and the remaining three to four since the blip. Now, on top of that, right? Yeah. So that's where I can see these people that he probably put in positions of infiltration have just grown. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like
1: if you put someone in, the, they will over time kind of naturally grow to positions of power because mm-hmm. people move up in the ranks. And that's what probably we can see this is happening there. Yeah. Um, Or I'd like to see that. The other option is one what we everyone's thinking, which is these people have been replaced. They are all baddies, etc. Yeah. Or they're just they've assumed an identity and that's it. Um, yeah. And it's the part I, I'm Talos. I'm interested to see.
0: I guess. Yeah. It's the part Talos has had. I mean, because she calls Talos immediately, mm-hmm. and he used to be on the council. Yeah. In terms of having a say. However, this council operates. Mm-hmm. Um, I presume it's not always by a coup. Um, <laughs> exactly. In terms of who is appointed on there, so you, yeah. it's almost like you can see the the longevity of this plan. Mm-hmm. Were you know Talos was removed, and that you know Gravik's plan has been longer in the making.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like it, it's it's it is really interesting, and it's almost like they created this council to ensure stability. And now graphics exactly. using it to to sow seeds of, of distrust in, in a way, like he's he's using it to his ability to uh, enact his plan. So, and uh, it is yeah, trying to
1: harken back to Germany, like mm-hmm. the National Party. So essentially, you had the the German Democratic Party as a whole, yeah. then the Nationalist Party, and it was all democratic. It was all great. One guy came in and appointed himself the head of a party, mm-hmm. and then the head of the the the, the general the Fuhrer and that's how that so that's like they're they're definitely echoing parts of that to show the 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 the, the problem with fear and how fear and distrust can cause additional problems
2: absolutely and we don't even have to go back as far as uh, as Germany that is Russia as well that's Putin yes right so uh, Putin has made himself dictator of Russia um over the last 20 years so um yeah Unfortunately, we can't uh, live in a sci-fi world where it's just a scroll and uh, we nah, can turn off the TV at the end of so the story. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Um, you mentioned there, John, earlier on about that look between Gaia and uh, and Shirley as as she leaves. We talked a little bit about Gaia last week and about whether she's trustworthy. What is she doing? I think this episode, and this is my read on it anyway, I don't know whether you guys got this, but this episode I think is kind of underlying that she's some kind of double agent. It feels like maybe Talos yeah. sent her off, embedded her with Gravik, um, gave her a cover story that she's turned on her father. Um, and now just it's just because some of the looks that Amelia Clark has given, some of the places that she's putting herself early on in the episode, it feels like she's getting there to gather information. Later in the episode, I think it's more um, on, again, more underlined when she gets out of the car while, uh, while, uh, Gravik is going in to try and save the, um, the kidnapped Skrull agent. Yeah. And she makes that phone call in Russian. Um, she's not doing anything other than making a phone call to report what's going on. So it does feel like she's working for somebody else anyway. Not sure who that is though.
0: I, I think as well, it's, exactly. it's the looks from, from Gravik. Like when, when Brogan is, um, killed for mm-hmm. revealing you know for loose tongue yeah and um, then you know he gravity just looks over at her to see what her reaction is mm-hmm. like there is that underlying suspicion there and back at his headquarters at the the former radioactive sort of processing plant and and so on yeah you know he you know he has a dig at her father you know he's it mm-hmm. there is a general sense general, yeah there is a general sense of suspicion from graphic mm-hmm. uh, and even with gaia asking you know did you know that fury would be at the square mm. and he's like no but i hoped yeah or did he because like you say you know she went to the art gallery to pick up the the, the material and that scroll was killed, and that presumably yeah. should, given Gravik's network, um, he may have found out about that. Yeah, I'd say just
2: to kind of wrap that back up. So, back in episode one, we'd mentioned uh, Gaia seemed to be the kind of welcoming party for new scrolls coming to New Scroll Us. Yeah, she seemed to be mm-hmm. kind of happy go lucky. Come on in, join up. Some people become soldiers, some people don't. She gets her first mission. I think in that episode, that's where she's sent to pick up the bombs because that art dealer is killed. It feels like Gravik's going, Oh, hang on a second. Something odd about Gaia there. Um, she's the only person that knows about that contact and he's been killed by fury and Talos. So maybe she's a double agent. So, um, so I think that's where that, yeah, that's where that story arc is coming from. And then in this episode, we're seeing more of those moments with her, where she's uh, wants to put herself in the council room with Gravik, a place that she has no particular reason to be, right? She's not part of the council, whereas Gravik is. But she wanted to be in the room there to see who was in there potentially. Um, and then she meets the eyes of Shirley, and uh, there is that moment where either she's realizing for the first time that Shirley is a scroll, or she has contact with her because of uh, because of Talos.
0: Yeah, it's even the little hint with the the safe house having been found out. Mm. as well after they've rescued brogan um from the butchers right uh, they go to go there it's covered and swarming in police so So they they just
2: they say they think it's brogan and that's why he's killed but actually it could have been that phone call the guy made yeah
1: no i agree with everything you guys say and i think the problem the the hope i have and I say problem again. Everyone who's listened to this podcast before know I don't mean actual problem. I mean <laughs> uh, a stumbling block in my narrative head, uh-huh. which is I do hope we figure out Gaia's story sooner rather than later. Yeah, I don't want that being the inevitable reveal on the sixth episode when we've been we've known all along. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a double agent, triple agent, quadruple agent, some form of that. Like she's playing multiple kind of stories. Exactly. So I just want yeah. like I'd rather. Kind of cross that bridge, maybe in episode three, because we're at the halfway point next week. Yeah. Yeah. And then have more time with Mia Clark and Gaia to kind of refresh her character out for the side of good that we, we know she's probably either going to end up in mm-hmm. or is has always been. Right. That's why I'm just h- hoping we get there soon. Yeah. I, f- but, um, I feel
2: like that's going to be in episode three. Either that or she's yeah. working for the Cree. Is the final reveal at the oh, end
0: of the season, <laughs> yeah. or maybe Sonya falls? She may be.
1: She, may she, be. she don't, don't even need to. She is hundred percent scroll. <laughs> 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 don't even need to. Just like we know she's a scroll now. Like it's just she's so evil and bad. She's just one of them. Oh
2: well, let's definitely talk about Sonya. Um, yes, as, as we go through, we're we're talking about who do we trust at the end of the episode. Yes. Not everybody it has to be a scroll. Um, we there's some humans that we won't be trusting either. So, <laughs> so we'll talk Great. about that. Yeah,
0: well. <laughs> but I, I think we've bled a bit into our case note number three. So let's mm-hmm. move on to it fully with Gravix Grand Plan. Mm. Yeah, so we. Get a bit more
2: revealed here about what it is that Gravik's trying to achieve or how he's going to achieve his goals. He's effectively looking to wipe out Earth. We kind of caught that last episode where they said that, uh, scrolls could live on Earth even if there was, um, a nuclear uh, outbreak. So there's a little bit of that last episode. Um, we find out that there was no dirty bombs, um, used in Moscow. That was, uh, they were just just standard bombs that sounds terrible 2000 people and more died in the bombing but they're not dirty bombs they're not nuclear infused bombs that was just used to draw out fury um so that he could take a bit of revenge on him um but the other element of the plan that we learn here from the um the interrogation of brogan as well as the investigation from gaia is that they are gathering dna to develop some kind of super powered scrolls um and really interestingly, we kind of mentioned it in the synopsis there, but really interestingly, some of it is from known characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like Groot, like Cull Obsidian, uh, Frostbeast, uh, and the Extremis virus that we saw in Iron Man 3. So um that's really interesting that they choose these particular characters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. even and just the notion of the harvest. like, is Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Harvesting? I, yeah. No, but like, is this harvesting... the? the dna is that what it's referring to or so uh, i'll talk about that now that yeah
2: that, that's fine so the the harvest question is that there's been a location given by Gravik to his second in command um pagon he's been given multiple locations for the harvest i think the harvest is the battle at the end of um of avengers endgame i think that's what uh Gravick is trying to locate to get more dna samples to add to this super scroll uh, and comic fans out there will know what that is and um, to add to this super scroll they're trying to create other dna from super powered beings that they're trying to attach to these scrolls to make them super powered in case the avengers arrive right because that yeah. was what Gravik said Um, that he has a plan for defense against avengers level yeah. in the council
0: people. one of them asks what about the avengers yeah. and he says i've thought of that so exactly. this must form part of that thinking yeah from Gravik.
2: What do you think of this this, Chris? The way to bring in the Super Scroll into uh, into the Marvel cinematic universe.
1: It's a hundred percent what I think is gonna be the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think what we're gonna end up with is the the machine that Gaia sees mm-hmm. is literally kinda of a circular machine. So what we're gonna like there'll be a battle in it or something where people are in there and it gets turned on after Gravick has already got the powers. Yeah. He becomes the, the, the first one. And then maybe a number of his lieutenants. And we do see. Because, unfortunately, unfortunately, when they had the word Groot in it, and I've seen the trailers, mm-hmm. we have seen Gravick use Groot powers. Right. Now. Like, in the trailers we had already seen. Yeah. It is an unfortunate thing that marketing has already kind of revealed that he is a Super scroll or will be a Super scroll with, like, tendril, like, stretchiness, like, essentially like Groot had done with his, uh, has with his appendages.
2: Well, we give a much cooler spin on it then, instead of just that we've seen it happen in the future. We give a cooler spin on it. The Super scroll in the comic books is created from the powers of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Groot has stretchy limbs. Cull Obsidian was the big monster creature, kind of like Ben Grimm the Thing, that got his hand cut off in Avengers. Um, The Extremis virus in Iron Man 3, that turned people into fire, kind of like the Human Torch. Yeah. Now don't know exactly what the frost beast, I know what the frost beast was because it was the, uh, the beast that arrived on earth at the end of uh, the, I think the post-credit scene toward the dark world. That was the frost beast. uh, The one we thought was going to appear in agents of shield and ended up not being that. Um, And that was the frost beast. It just can run fast. It's a big beast from, uh, from uh, Loki's home planet basically. But I guess that's the state. That's the, the only one I can't fit to this theory of, um of the fantastic four. Cause uh. Invisible Woman uh, is the one that has invisible powers, and the Frost Beast doesn't have invisible powers. But I do love that they've chosen those three as their as their choices for the DNA of this
0: Super skull. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that theory mm. um, a lot. It's cool, uh, it? So it is a shame the Frost Beast um, doesn't fit it. As I yeah. say... Um, I remember they run fast, and I remember they're very powerful. It could just be, cool. you know, Sue, Sue Storm... Frost is weather
1: related as well. I don't know. <laughs> you like it, yeah. Maybe they just didn't have that. we have yet to have a chameleon or like invisible kind of creature or person yet.
0: Or maybe so. just because it's icy so it looks translucent.
1: There ah, we go, that's it.
0: Ghost from Ant Man has the power of invisibility, didn't she? She did.
1: She well, not really, kinda. She more phased. But that would, I that would at least, least fit the, it.
2: at least fit the mark, if though, wouldn't close. it? For, yeah, yeah, yeah. for uh, what they're trying to do. Because obviously, Fantastic Four have not been introduced in the MCU. They're coming sometime down the line. But when you have a show center around scrolls, you can't avoid the super scroll, right? Easy. So, uh, so what I thought that was a really cool way to, to see it. And yes, you're right, Chris. We have seen the stretchy powers, uh, in, uh, in the trailer. Um, not sure if that's exactly graphic, but it has, it is someone with his face. Um, there you go.
1: Yeah. No, and I can't wait. Honestly, it's it's so silly. I love these kind of Cold War spy shows, but it's based in a comic book reality. So I do want to see the human Nick Fury or the 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 Skrulls take on a Super Skrull cuz the Super Skrull is cool. Yeah. And maybe maybe like some of that some not Groot DNA, but someone else's DNA gets mixed in with Fury or uh or Gaia gets, I don't know, Captain America's DNA or something like that, so that you end up getting like a like uh, souped up powers on new people,
2: or like in the Secret Invasion comic books, we get the Secret Warriors, including Quake, coming back oh, from ages yes, of Shield yes, to defend yes. against uh, against. The uh, the Super Scroll. Well, How cool would that
0: be? Yeah, absolutely. That
1: would be a good way of introing them.
0: Yeah, and it, it is. I mean, I'm setting the bar high here. Yeah, well, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. in, in me, general, anyway. the possibilities of cameos is mm-hmm. endless absolutely. here in terms of if they bring Super Scroll, because yeah. I'm not entirely sure a handgun will sort of cut the mustard <laughs> on them. Um, and yeah. so, th- there's a lot of possibilities for for. Uh, cameos coming in so I really it it, it is kind of salivating isn't it? It it is. kind of like drool city (laughs) over what could potentially happen. Of course I will uh,
2: set the bar (laughs) high
0: and then set the bar a bit lower
2: to where it it probably will be. uh, Talos and, uh, and Gaia and, uh, another character will be on the side of Fury, all Scroll characters. So, uh, they could take on the DNA themselves, like that Chris said, to, to battle the Super Scroll. So it's Super Scroll versus Super Scroll, of course. Yeah, That's absolutely. the other option, which is probably more likely than quite coming back, but I can always hope, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Always hope. And I think the other thing about this plan is just the sheer kind of simplicity of that in the end it is quite personal for graphic um, Mm and from what we see in 97, you know, that whole scene right at the start where you have Nick Fury, you know, work to keep my home safe and me and Carol Danvers will find you a new home. And, you know, it's the betrayal. It's this feeling of betrayal, which, Mm -hmm. you know, casts graphic in, you know, as, as just an antagonist here in, in that, you know, they have been working, um, for 30 years, um, infiltrating, effectively being, as you say, a personal spy network, yeah. not even a yeah. shield network exactly. to Nick Fury. And he seemingly is not delivering on um, his central promise, mm-hmm. which is, a new, a new home for exactly. them. I mean, the only thing the that... I that he had, like, 22 or 23 years
2: before the blip to sort yeah. that out as well. And it's not just Nick, because I am the Nick Fury fan here. I will defend him. It's not just Nick. Captain Marvel's supposed to be doing this Exactly. Well. Yeah. And
0: she's much more able to do it because she can speed around like she does. But, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you know, it fe- seemingly becomes or feels to Gravic more deliberate that actually it was an empty promise. Yeah. Which I really like in terms of that foundation for mm. the motivation for doing it. So I, I just think that's r- really good. I think, um, you know, and it, because it does, it just becomes about Nick Fury. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. And that kind of comes with the conversation
2: that we have between, uh, James Rhodes and Nick Fury as well, um, where Nick Fury is making it about himself, but trying to bring a bit of help in from, from Rody. Um, but, He's effectively saying I'm not calling any of the Avengers, not calling anybody else. This has to be me that takes this down. Um there's a very personal connection between him and the Scrolls. He knows he knows he let them down. He absolutely yeah. knows that he didn't keep up his promise. He probably didn't think it would end off in a worldwide infestation of a million uh people that can take over anybody's skin. You know, he probably didn't think it was gonna be that bad, but he did absolutely let them down and use them for his own means. So he wants to be the one to solve it. Man, the scene between uh, between Rhodey and Fury is fantastic, though. Yeah, um, tough two, to watch, though. Yeah, yeah. They're two great actors yeah. on top oh, form yeah. again.
1: Yeah, I, it was tough to watch, and I I don't mean in the, an acting sense or any of that. It in that they they talk about how how they have had to prop each other up or how they feel the need to, based on the color of the skin and who they are, to be act and behave certain ways mm-hmm. and you're like, oh wow. Like and it's it's a cool piece. Like, like you've got Nick Fury and Colonel Rhodes like a war machine. Yeah. Like part of the Avengers and two of these characters talking like this, acting like this. Mm-hmm. yeah Um so tough to watch, very cool scene.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there was it was pointed out by Samuel L. Jackson that the two of them haven't really shared shared screen time together um talking to each other as characters in the MCU and it was something that he really wanted to do in the show was have a moment between these two characters uh, at some point uh, because it was it's always been you know they're talking to each other about Tony Stark or they're talking to yeah. each other about the Avengers so he wanted to have this moment in here where they talk to each other about their place in this in the MCU itself um it's a brilliant line as well from uh, from Rhodey where he's saying to him um about The fact that yes, they are connected, but the reason they wrestle power from mediocre men who didn't look like us is not simply to hand it over to other mediocre men who do look like us. That's a great, a great kind of pushback against uh, Fury's central premise that we should be friends because we look similar effectively. So that was great.
0: Yeah. No, it was really good. This scene. I mean, I even just like that, you know, it also then now adds this additional dynamic within being fired where nick fury is that you know spy out uh out in the cold mm-hmm, exactly. from the authorities yeah. it's that other dimension to the you know classic spy tales absolutely uh, which has been layered into this which i thought was really good yeah i think um as well you know, we also hear that Rhodes is fully aware of the scrolls. That's an yeah.
2: interesting one. Yeah. yeah. Cause he says he was in a briefing 15 years ago yeah. about the potential possibility that this might maybe happen. And Nick's going, it is happening. And there's a million of them out there. Um, I love the kind of callbacks to uh, things like, is this Hydra? He's going, no, no, this is way, <laughs> way more important than Hydra, which much, much worse than Hydra, you know, um, th- those, kind of call outs, I thought were, were really interesting. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's a good moment with them. I love the kind of kiss off from Fury at the end where he effectively breaks the security guy's arm um when his travel plans have been arranged by Rhodey. Um but the couple of lines he says at the end of the conversation were quite interesting. He says to him, Do you think I'm gonna give up my DNA? So whether he suspects or not that Rhodey could be a scroll and could be handing him over to be replaced by a scroll, yeah. I wonder if that's what he meant by am I I'm not gonna give up my DNA?
0: Yeah. Possibly. Yeah.
2: And then his final line of, uh, I'm Nick Fury, even when I'm out, I mean, I thought it was just
0: classic. Yeah, that was nice. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, kind of defiance. Absolutely. Uh, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. I did actually, with when they raised Hydra, mm-hmm. given Shield Hydra dynamic, I was surprised that, you know, I'm sure Fury did have infiltrators in Hydra with it was Skrull, but that you know even with that hydra were able to keep a lot of their initial actions like from him yeah maybe maybe he did like that that's the interesting part of this because the group
2: that's with fury in 97 seems to be the only group he knows about and it's expanded to a million since he's been gone again that's my read on it i don't know whether it's it's absolutely true but that's a reasonably small group of scrolls it's only 20 or 30 people in that room isn't it when he's making that speech about them helping him and he'll find yeah. a new home world um he didn't seem to be authorizing that more scrolls can come now come on everybody join the No that's true the scroll you army.
0: would think along with nato mm. and major powers trying to get into the hydra structures yeah, would maybe. also be quite high
2: yeah yeah perhaps Yeah,
0: I'm guessing but anyway nonetheless it, it was just interesting that even if he did, they were able to. You know, they are shields equal. They are able to, um sort of possibly either identify them or um, know about it as well. Maybe,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I did. I the whole. Uh, you're not getting my DNA. Did lead me to one scene that I hope we do get later, which is. Samuel Jackson v Samuel Jackson v Samuel Jackson v Samuel, <laughs> Samuel Jackson, <laughs> which is just gonna be some like, it's, it's basically like Fury talking to Fury talking to Fury, yeah, in, in, in mm. just some random way. Well, all of them look like Fury, and it's just going to be fantastic.
2: It'd be a nice way to replace uh, what they did in the comic books, often where he's talking to LMDs of himself, life model, exactly. of himself. Yeah. So, a nice, a nice way to do that. It'd Be a nice it? nod.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I do want to move to something which is above uh, a butcher's pay grade. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably the best line from Sonya. Yeah. Um, Sonya, the torture. Yeah. Because um, she just comes into the butchers. Uh, who are you? that's above your pay grade and just walks by. Done, I man. want that level of sass in yeah, my life yeah, to absolutely. be able to, just to, it's like, I know you, I don't care who you think I am. I am more important than you and I am walking. Wow, well,
0: absolutely. absolutely. And certainly followed up with, didn't your mother tell you you could lose an eye beating your meat. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. the, the torture of Brogan is just, it's just fists. It You know, it really is kind of, gaining nothing for the interrogators here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's definitely a Sonia quote fest because you all miss my favourite one. Uh when she comes in the first thing the butcher says to her is uh, that door was locked and she goes, Well, I guess that tells you about me indoors, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
1: Yeah. I I I Olivia Coleman is a national treasure in the UK. <laughs> international uh, treasure now, Chris. International treasure now. Yeah. Um and beyond that I, I just think this character of Sonia if she is continued to be written the way she is, is going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're definitely. Like, just throughout the MCU, you can pop her in as just, like, her going to meet the power broker. Mm Mm-hmm. Her facing off against Deadpool. Just sassy versus sassy versus (laughs) sassy. Like, it would just be fun.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, what's the other thing she says to Bergen? Are are you a smart one? And he says, you know, I won't talk. And she goes, no, I didn't think so but there will be an imperative to talk when your blood cooks at 160 degrees yeah. and it's just like and like she just injects him in the ass as well mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean she's totally ruthless here yeah. i mean that's why you know it it's kind of the it, it's it's almost a bit like pennywise it's the clown element of the the the, the snappy one liners and the the disarming charm and Femininity, but behind it is this horror show of ruthlessness, oh, and yeah. um, that doors don't matter to her. That you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. she is prepared to just cut off a finger. Um, no mm-hmm. no real threats it's just right let's find this out and yeah. cuts it off to see it change so she definitely knows that she can use then her um injections to effectively boil his blood up and um, know that he's
2: a scroll it's yeah. confirmed immediately right that's yeah. out of the way all I needed to do is take a finger you know, effectively yeah ruthless
0: efficiency uh, also um,
2: love that she walks in and goes where's the escape route because uh, she knows she only has a limited amount of time here and she will need an escape route yeah. uh, from this room and friends are like that I thought that was quite cool as well
0: So, I mean, it was interesting when Gravik actually came in to rescue him. I mean, that was a great scene as Mm -hmm. well with just how he certainly I think you replayed it a number of times. Just the opening shot as the, the guy is about to bring the cleaver down to cut some meat. And he fires at that moment of of when the cleaver would make the sound on the block. Yeah. I love the little touches of him, you know, holding the the bell on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was really good. But but we had a guy attached on a hook to the roof to kill him. We had another guy with
2: his throat slit. Another guy with a a knife up into his uh, up into his gullet to kill him as well. So. A pretty brutal, violent scene, but really stylishly filmed.
0: Like, yes. oh, absolutely! It felt like,
2: it felt like a very short version of a of a John Wick moment, almost. You know, these guys know exactly what they're doing, very professional, uh, and know exactly how to get yeah. now, to their target. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it, the 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 question I had lingering in my mind after it is that you know he walks in, he sees the chair toppled over, but the grate up, and mm-hmm. you know, I know with the the safe house incident you know was that the precursor to him um being shot but i think it goes further back because you know did you talk you know he must have realized okay someone was in here with you and they've escaped and i wondered whether they were going to chase after sonya whether there's going to be chasing but Mm -hmm. you know i think Just He's very cool. I mean, right at the start as well, you know, in 1997 when Vara says, you know, we could use him. He's very determined. And, you know, they talk about his escape where both his parents have died, but he's managed to pilot a ship to Earth. Mm, From behind enemy lines. So, you know, he is as well a a cool cucumber. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you think Brogan...
2: This um, the scroll that was at the bombing and was captured by the Russians, do you think he would have lived if they hadn't seen the um, safe house overrun? Do you think they suspected that he talked and he was going to die anyway? They were just taking him away from the safe house so that they couldn't see him? Or do you think they were actually going to bring, bring him back to the safe house? What do you think?
1: Hmm.
0: It's a difficult one to say. I kind of feel he would... I think it probably was that because the whole safe house. If they were bringing him back to the safe house mm-hmm. to kill, but then as well, you kill him, he changes back to a scroll. So they have to do it out of sight. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't have just yeah. killed him there and left yeah. him because then it's like, oh, it's a scroll. Yeah, and so I think, I think there was always that intention, and it's even just the look then that you know. I think it all kind of builds and connects him with the look that he makes to. Okay. To Gaia in the car to see what her reaction is as well. So, like, he's he's like constantly probing and testing and but doing things unexpectedly. I Mm -hmm. think is is graphic. Um, in in terms of to get the best outcomes, really. Um, and it might even be that he knows that Gaia is a double agent, but at the moment she's useful. You know, I think he's that Mm -hmm. clever that even where it's not his own personal asset, he will use her as an asset in order to draw fury in at the bombing or or whatever it is. And these little things are just confirming things about people. You know, in the sense of him letting Shirley go and walk out of the council unharmed, Mm -hmm. was that because he knew she was a Talos sympathizer and would more likely immediately tell Talos. Yeah. And so he's, you know, building up this picture from these actions, um, yeah. a rap for Gaia or for other people that Talos may have put uh, into his camp. You and know?
2: interestingly, that's what Talos wants. He wants a face-to-face meeting with Gravic about his daughter, about Gaia. That's what he specifically yeah. said. Yeah. So, um, So that's also a, a little interesting touch there.
0: So then, let us, uh, trot on to case note number four. Yes. Yeah,
2: tiny note, tiny case note yes, here. Yes, really. Absolutely. Nothing really happened. Only 30 seconds, really, of the scene. Yeah. It but, wasn't um, important at all. But we definitely want to talk about it. Uh, Fury arrives home, uh, after doing a very, uh, very James Bond thing of picking up his car from a, uh, from a garage that it's been stored in. Uh, drives out to his house in the country. Don't really know what country it is. But anyway, arrives home. Um, there is a scroll inside, uh, cooking dinner. Um, who transforms into uh, a human and tells Nick Fury to put back on his wedding ring, uh, before giving him a kiss. So Nick Fury is married, uh, to a scroll. Now I think I'm right here. This scroll is the same scroll that we saw at the beginning of the episode that introduced Gravic to Nick Fury originally. So that means it's someone that is very much on Nick's side and has been beside Nick all the way from the beginning. Is my read on that?
1: Yeah. I, it's hard to tell with the scrolls. Um, I
2: just recognized her by her voice. That The, the, the yeah. actress that plays her is uh, Charlene Woodard, um, who have seen in a load of things before. She was in Pose for uh, two seasons, John. So yeah. uh, you definitely recognize that voice. It's a very iconic voice that she has. She also played um, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, wife in Glass and in uh, in Unbreakable. So uh, they've worked together before yeah. as well. So I kind of recognized her voice as, as Vara at the beginning, uh, the scroll that introduced Gravik. So, um so I think I'm right. So I don't think Nick Fury doesn't know his wife's a Skrull. I don't think it's that.
1: No, I didn't take no, that either. No, I didn't take that. I The way I, I took this to be is that, oh, no, no, he is a Skrull sympathizer to the point where he doesn't care. Like, he's married to Skull. Mm-hmm. but they've kept it a secret. Like, this yeah. is very much undercover yeah um because of who he is, what he does, and the fact that she's a Skrull. Yeah. Um, the question I do have is whether the rest of the scroll thinks she's alive, mm. or like is she just she like so undercover that she's no longer that, or is this just a no known, known and it's just like Talos is going to turn up now and next and it's going to be where's your husband, where where's Fury kind of like it's a no known, known with the scrolls yeah. but not with humans.
2: I think it'd be a real shock if Talos didn't know. That Fury was married to, uh, yeah. to her. That would be a real yeah, surprise. <laughs> it seems like they're best mates. Like,
1: And yeah. that's what we're going to find out. Yeah. I, I think because also, wasn't he just up in space for the last three, four years? Mm-hmm. So not probably not the best thing when your wife is down on Earth. Yeah. So there's more to it. There's definitely more. But the shock value in one of the biggest kind of bachelors of... Yeah. The the MCU outside of Tony Stark being married. Yeah. Uh, They're hooking them all up, man. Hooking (laughs) them all up. Do
2: you know, interestingly, he has mentioned his wife uh, once before. Um, Back in Winter Soldier, when he uh, breaks into Steve Rogers' apartment. Do you remember that scene? I do. Where he's sitting, waiting and playing the music. He says, my wife threw me out. And Steve goes, I didn't even know you were married. But what he actually means at the time in that scene, in that movie, I'm, I'm absolutely sure they wrote it for him to mean... Uh, that S.H.I.E.L.D. had shut down on him because he writes down ears everywhere, so he's talking in code with Steve. He's not really talking about a wife, but technically they may have retconned it, that he was talking about his wife, that yeah. he was married. He would have been married to her at the time. they would known each other since 1997. So uh, so potentially it's a retcon of that line, but it definitely meant at the time he was saying talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. kicking about it, So
1: Yeah, well, I'm,
2: 100%. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But it's cool. It, it's going to be fun to see where they go with this.
0: So yeah, it changed. was. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. I liked the kind of surprise of it. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, let's see uh, where it goes.
2: I did think it was interesting that she changed from a scroll into her human form before Nick walks in the door, or as Nick walks in the door. She doesn't stay in her scroll form. Do you know what I mean? So, I he guess some... Honest. I feel like some people that would think that she is a scroll impersonating his wife. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe that's what was the intention of the scene to make people think that she was, but I don't think she is.
0: Or they're both scrolls because this isn't really nick fury
2: well let's talk about that we're on to case note number five who do you trust from the episode we can run through this pretty quickly i think uh, overall um a bit quicker than we did first episode because uh, well there's two less characters than that we were in the first yes, episode I,
0: I do like how in our notes uh, those two characters are now struck out I will. um how harsh yeah, but if, nonetheless if we
2: lose characters true. every episode i will uh, strike any more uh characters <laughs> like who, uh, who die in episodes yes <laughs> so who do we trust in this episode will we will we put uh nick up there number one do we trust nick fury at the moment
1: define trust
2: <laughs> can you trust nick fury ever um is is a question he is our main characters our main protagonist do we still think there's a potential that he's masking his abilities to uh to play down that he's just old nick fury yes Do we still think he's doing that
1: yes
0: yeah i, I think so yeah yeah.
1: With the more with the reveal of a wife mm-hmm. and the, the the amount that he's hiding, yes, hundred percent. Okay, okay, like, I, that's what I do believe.
2: But we don't think he's a scroll still because that would be weird for the main character of the story.
0: No, and if he is, it's a scroll that Nick Fury trusts, right? I and he's somewhere else. Yeah. So it's by sorry. extension, you can trust him. Yeah. You know, in or, that
1: oh my god, you talked about LMDs earlier. Uh huh. Yeah. this scrolls now are just. His scrolls are just his version of LMDs now. <laughs> they could like there's just an army of Nick Furies, and they're all just basically scrolls doing his bidding. His, his the the the, the Furies army. Okay. The Howling Commandos.
2: <laughs> there you go. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna continue down on just Fury, but this episode, the big person that's been uh, that we thought we could trust last episode, we can't trust Talos was keeping quite a big secret. Um, In this episode, a million scrolls have been called down and are in places on Earth. Um, It feels to me anyway that he knows all about the high level placements of scrolls uh, across the world. And yes, he may have been doing it to to maintain stability, um, to help inform decisions. But those scrolls in high positions are now at the um, control of graphics. So, yeah, can we trust Talos Talos
0: anymore? That is true. Mm. And it could be for sure. Talos is is dodge it could be tails and graphic you know that personal meeting mm. it could be because they're actually working together maybe and maybe gaia is the one that doesn't agree with her dad's methods maybe um in in what's happening yeah. so she did make that call in russian to
2: um while she was outside the butcher so that wasn't a direct call to talos presume they'd be speaking in scroll or speaking in english if they were talking to each other so um so yeah so uh,
0: like it it has the potential to flip i guess is mm-hmm. what i'm saying yes. ultimately
1: i i think they they're, they're going to make you they're going to lead you to believe that we can't trust them that's the based fun based yeah. on this that's yeah. the point they're going to make us believe and then he's always been on fury so it's going to be that moment
0: at the moment it's it's a flag against Talos? I mean, her, like, he's yeah. certainly withheld information yeah. directly from Nick Fury, yeah. so there's a flag there. Can can I, I, you can still trust him? I would say yes, but but with the flag. Mm.
2: Um. Can I add the awkward one here with uh, Maria Hill? I feel like they've done their best here to underline that Maria Hill is dead. Yes. Um, by having the body brought back and the negotiation from Rhodes to make sure the Russians delivered her body back. I think that's all pretty much confirming. It is Maria Hill in the box that's being brought back, having her mother crying over uh, the the return of her dead daughter who died because of the things Fury did. I think that's pretty much saying uh, that Maria Hill is actually dead. So I think I... we could trust Maria Hill.
1: Yes, we can trust her, but I don't, I still think there's a, there's at least a 30% chance that one of the reveals later is that she, she's not dead. Okay. Yep. I I still think she's just too big. And I say that when they've killed off other major characters in the MCU, but I just think she just for what. I, I feel it's it's good to keep her alive. from yeah. the Story there, so Iron Man
0: isn't big enough anymore. For you, <laughs> no, not is anymore. That what are saying?
1: <laughs> well, we still think he's going to come back in one of the the, the Kang dynasties. Okay, um, but anyway, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I just I, I think it, it's a good <gasps> shock. Yeah. Like, no, she's not actually dead. She she it was all a fake so that she could work in the in the shadows.
2: I think they could do that, but I be happier if they didn't and not because i don't like colby Smulders or the character you know i I think the character had a good role in the moments with fury but i think it is a a, an interesting character to have killed off in that first episode to show uh to to show what the show's willing to do i I
0: mean it's also one of those things isn't it it is the balance because like i love discussing the potentials the Mm -hmm. possibles the twists and turns but if it becomes too elaborate it it, the whole preconception of it is just too obvious, yep. you know, then when it actually is revealed and it won't help any reveal because exactly. you're like going, uh, okay, so, and then this is why, you know, I like to think that Fury is three steps ahead still, mm-hmm. but I think Gravic could be eight steps ahead. And <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Because I think yeah. Gravic shares the same qualities
1: yeah Uh, he was trained by Fury, exactly
0: Exactly. Uh, but also just naturally in terms of that opening where they say about how resourceful he was and so on so like it's more that he's being undone by someone you know it's almost a sherlock holmes and moriarty type uh thing yeah uh, in terms of dynamic uh, because they are steps ahead of one another but yeah. they're constantly changing. The bat it's so shifting. And yeah. that's why I hope in some ways the reveals happen much more continuously through yeah. the episodes rather than something right at the end which then will feel preconceived. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I agree, like I way too preconceived and yeah. um, like, to make I- sense.
1: You reveal something, then I reveal something. Then you reveal something exactly. else. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think possibly Maria Hill could be that. If there are other big ones, because you know there is the possibility of Maria Hill. But we've now just been introduced to um, yeah. Nick Fury's wife, yeah. who was a scroll. There is, you know, the question marks with Gaia and, and Talos as well. So yeah, yeah. it's you know it's just yeah. one of those things. Yeah.
1: I have a very quick question for our Fury, kind of nerd in the on the call. <laughs> um, his lore, I should say. Okay. Fury has a son in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in the, the Fury in the sorry. comic books has a son who who is African American who looks like Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. um, based on kind of the, the Ultimate Universe one. Yeah, uh, I'm right about that, right?
2: You are correct, absolutely. Correct. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, the fact that in the MCU now Fury has a wife. -hmm. And if it is the same character and scroll that introduced, um, um, Gravik to Fury. Yeah. What we could be getting into here is Fury's son is essentially Gravik. He was trained by Fury, brought up by Fury, lived with Fury because he lived, Gravik lived with this, with this other female scroll who then in turn married Fury. So, basically, essentially, what we'll end up getting is a father-son battle. It's like, you trained me, I I loved you, you left us.
2: Mm. No, I am your father. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, yeah, that kind of, that, like, you left us, like, you... And well, that's a play on the the, the comic books.
0: Or, yeah. No, I am your stepfather. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. daddy I issues are all
2: human. over the MCU. We, we, there, <laughs> yeah, there is that joke that about, is uh, about these characters, right? So, that um, is there. That's uh, that was in uh, She-Hulk, right? So, um, yeah. so yeah, entirely possible. Yeah. The the bonding moment between Gravik and, and Fury was over the fact that he has no parents. His his parents died in the war. That bonding moment where. Gravic wouldn't even, uh, nudge heads against Nick, which is the traditional greeting until Nick had, uh, commiserated with him about, uh, about the loss of parents. So potentially, yeah, um, Vera and, uh, and Nick might have adopted him and they could have lived with, uh, lived with the two of them, uh, as he just yeah. arrived to Earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Quickly back to, uh, who do you trust? Two final, uh, people that we have to mention on here. Um, James Rhodes is James Rhodes a scroll. He mentioned, the meeting fifteen years ago, where he knew about scrolls, but he's never mentioned anybody else, right? Uh, he's never mentioned uh, their possible existence to anybody else, and that throwaway line from Nick of um, "I'm not going to give up my DNA" as he walks out of the room is that a nod from Nick that he knows Roadie is a scroll?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I believe he is a scroll.
0: Okay, yeah, I I think he's a scroll as well. And really? then
1: the armor wars piece is. Uh, The TV show that is coming out later in the kind of future of the MCU is Rhodes, who comes back and is trying to pick up the pieces of his life after being gone and being replaced for an amount of time. And his armor is out there along with all of Tony's secrets. Right. And he has to kind of pick up the pieces. That's what I think is the, the, the story and plan based on that he has been replaced.
2: Interesting. And I'm actually more convinced that Rody is not a scroll from this episode. <laughs> weirdly, okay, just because I think it might be a good double bluff. The fact that he tried to take away Nick Fury's power, tried to uh, tried to fire him, and then if he wasn't a scroll and he was actually doing it as James Rhodes, I think that's uh, even more of a, a dig at Fury <laughs> where he's gotten to. Uh, but anyway, uh, interesting one to keep an eye on uh, if we see James back in the future. Uh, final one, then, of course, is. Sonya herself, Sonya Falsworth herself, no. is Sonya a scroll? For me, I think this episode confirms she's absolutely not. Um, yeah. She's just very, very good at her
0: job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, definitely not, um, and certainly trust her. Again, it's just to that line from Talos on the where he says, I hoped that they could coexist with humans. And mm-hmm. that's the thing, you know, we're kind of we're it's the spectrum of there may be some scrolls that want to be in that coexistence with humans, I mean, to the point where they'll marry them. So, you know, it could just be that she's a happy... Scroll. Uh, she might be.
2: She might be, except that she cut the finger off another scroll to to check and see if it was a scroll. I think That's true. she may have that had. This is true because they
0: are able to tell. Now, although although
2: it, yeah, Gravik did say it's a bit more difficult when somebody's been in the forum, but they've yeah. only been in the forum for
0: for a little while. So. Rogan hasn't been yeah. in the forum for a long time, exactly. because only a we of only days, saw right? it in episode one. So yeah. yeah. So, okay, scrub that. And as I say, mine gets carried away because yeah. I kind of think anything's possible still.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. But hopefully some of the possibilities will be ticked off the board as we go on throughout the series. Uh, I think that's it for our Who Do You Trust? Our fun little uh, final case note.
0: Yes, absolutely. Any notes or quotes from
1: you? No, I think I covered most of mine through.
0: What we
2: talked about, yeah, same I think I mentioned most of the quotes and most of the uh, most of the notes I had um, throughout uh, the discussion here. But I did want to mention that there is uh, a couple of callbacks to previous MCU stuff uh, in here. We do get a mention of are the Avengers coming from uh, from the Scrolls? They do uh, have that reference there. Uh, we have a reference in the beginning and the previously on to uh, to the the return of Agent Coulson um, as a Scroll. So I thought that was quite a, quite a good call out. So Coulson is mentioned. I know it's just from a clip from Captain Marvel, but is mentioned in the show. So uh, I'd to call that out. Um there also is the mention of uh, of um Hydra in the conversation with Brody, and they mention Alexander Pierce. Um a as the mediocre ma- man who doesn't look like them. Uh, Alexander Pierce if you remember was the uh, the the uh, leader of Shield, um the director of Shield back in Winter Soldier. So lots of little nods back to the previous MCU shows in movies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had had mentioned it previously. Just the Emperor Drogue's colony. Um, it would be good to know what the colony is. Is yeah. it a a spaceship type colony? Yeah. Is it a remnant of Skrullos? Um,
2: or is Emperor Drogue the Emperor of the Kree, and he's holding some scrolls? In yeah. a colony or in yeah, a prison or exactly. something like that, maybe. Like, a, it's mm. a
0: penal co- colony yeah. or something. Because, yeah. I guess... Just casually dropped by Taylor. Yeah, it? and it would be yeah. useful to know, because... If it's, like, a colony on another planet mm-hmm. that is equally... You know, I guess there's a choice. So, you know, Gravick's plan is maybe not just to find the new home, but it is, and certainly given that he's been made a general... Maybe it's kind of, you know, like Alexander the Great type of general where he has aspirations for maybe uh, colonization of, of the scrolls. Um, or, you know, that, that type of thing, you know, or Genghis Khan. Interesting one.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Time will tell. Four more episodes to go. Definitely. Uh, But let us get on to our defense Mm then. Uh, Chris, do you defend secret invasion episode two? promises
1: yes i do this there is some amazing scenes very much on par with episode one um even on a rewatch for me i still very much enjoying where the show is going hoping we get more reveals more kind of pacing in the episode three and kind of it then it's just it sets us on our path and it's a rocket to the finish um and more just because i'm enjoying where we are uh, and i'm enjoying the, the show and i'm enjoying the 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 universe that we haven't got much info on, which mm-hmm. is both the Fury Spy element, outside of Agents of Shield TV show, which had a significantly smaller budget and was a different type of show. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had this spy noir thriller and the scroll universe, which we haven't got outside of very much either the cosmic side, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy, or the the captain marvel which wasn't really it was more an origin story versus a scroll story Mm -hmm. so enjoying where we are very much so want to see more of it
0: yeah good stuff uh thanks chris derek do you defend episode two of
2: course i do i absolutely love it um opposite to chris i'm hoping this takes its time and pace so we can spend as much time as possible with nick fury <laughs> to be honest i'm hoping that it gets to episode six and it goes come back next week for episode seven this is a 52 episode uh show which will last all year and season two has been confirmed as another 52 episode show uh no that's uh that's a, a bit too much but absolutely loved it yeah really really enjoying it the, the performances in here are great great to see um james rhodes and uh nick fury have that moment on screen, I thought they were really good. And, uh, and that moment on the train with Talos and, and Nick, um, introducing another great new phrase, uh, for, for Nick Fury. Tell me something I don't know about this topic. What a great interrogation method from Fury. And speaking of interrogation, uh, yeah, Sonia's interrogation of, uh, of the scroll was fantastic. Um, and yes, Gravik's, uh, breakout in the butcher shop is, uh, is very cool. Um, another John Wick style, uh, style scene. I thought it was cool. Yeah, excellent. So, yes, um, highest of, of recommends this is my favorite uh, favorite show, and highest of defense for me. Excellent stuff. But one tiny thing didn't mention that just sparked at me, Chris. You mentioned about a bit lower budget on Agents of Shield. I love the nod to the lower budget uh, job that. Roadie has uh where he says my other suit's made of titanium so this one's actually <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I considered a big saving for the us government uh, like that. anyway sorry how, how about you john do you defend episode two of secret invasion promises
0: yes uh, i certainly do defend episode two I, i'd give it four and a half green blushing brides out of five um really yes interesting i i really enjoyed this um i Slightly more than the first episode because I actually I like the pace of this much better. I think Mm -hmm. I think it is ratcheting up uh, and it needed to. um, But I think it's it's part of the overall plan. Um, So I liked I I liked it. Although it just it came in really nicely from the first episode. Um, I just I really like that personal dimension that was framed there in 97 um with you know nick fury and his promises and that sort of forming the basis of of graphics plan Mm. we've got potential for um more than potential super scrolls on their way uh, in some form or another um, I really thought, yep, yeah, the Colonel Rhodes with Nick Fury, just a great scene, um, in a very posh tavern, uh, was really good, <laughs> um, along with Sonya Fallsworth's interrogation. I really love this character. It's one of those characters where you just go, I really hope this character of Sonya Fallsworth makes it to the movies mm. as well yeah. as in, in TV. I, I could just really see her being, uh, a stalwart of of these of this side of um the the MCU in right. general, right. Uh, so I'm I'm really fingers crossed for that. And um, I love all the intrigue. You know, I think again it just opened it up. Whether it's gravix plan, you know, Gaia, Talos, all these different relationships changing, and uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm still on entirely settled on some of these mm-hmm. are, are, are on where they're going and how they're going um, but I'm really really enjoying it um, and of course with the big bombshell of Nick Fury and his uh, green wife um, really good uh, yeah. inter galaxy marriage it can only uh, annoy the far right so what's not to, to like about it Um <laughs> And I think, uh, yeah, it was just really good from top to tail. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, four and a half green blushing brides out of five.
2: Very good, very good.
0: Um,
2: all my notes are coming out as we as we go through the wrap up. Uh, you know, Saren was the first member to join Nick's army as well. Uh, Talos' wife.
1: Yep, that's going to come back to us. Uh, that's going to play a part in Gaia's pushback and all that. That's going to play. Yeah, it'll play into
2: it. Yeah, and the fact that you know it was mentioned last week by Talos that she's dead, um, yeah. so at the hands of at the hands of Gravik. So uh, the fact that she's the first person to step forward to join uh, Nick's army, I think that that's going to have a play
0: in yeah. the future. Good De- stuff, definitely excellent.
2: Let's head on off to the bar.
0: Yes, we are off to Berners Tavern mm-hmm. for our pub quiz for uh, episode two of Secret Invasion.
2: Absolutely. Second question, make sure you put it together with the first question. And if you get all six answers, put them together at the end of the season. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with all six correct answers. And you could be in with a chance of getting your hands on some Nick Fury secret invasion goodies. And the first part of that prize pack is a digital copy of all five issues of this year's Secret Invasion starring Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Uh, five oh. comics, uh, digital copy will be sent to you immediately after uh, we decide on the winner of uh, of the Nick Fury prize pack. Excellent stuff, yeah. yes. Secret Invasion prize pack. I should stop calling it Nick Fury. It is a show with other characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> John, do you want to give us the second question?
0: Uh, certainly. Question two for episode two. To what U.S. City did Nick Fury and his mother take long journeys to, as they played their game, tell me something I don't know?
2: Very good. I don't know the answer to that one. Um, I do. Off the top of my head. You've got it written down in front of you, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I don't have it written down in front of me. John, do you want to give the question one more time?
0: Certainly. To what U.S. City did Nick Fury and his mother take long journeys to, uh, as they played their game, tell me something I don't know?
2: Good stuff. Put that together with the other answers. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com by the end of the series and you could be in with your chance of getting your hands on the Secret Invasion Prize Pack. Uh, pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and you'll get the uh, other questions uh, that we've asked for the rest of the se- season. Excellent.
1: Yes, this episode of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including the one and only Sam loins. Thank you so much, Sam.
0: Thanks so much, Sam, for your support. Yes, great stuff. Thanks, Sam, for your support.
1: Yes, you can be as cool as Sam and support us monthly for any amount over on patreon.com slash TV podcast energies. Or if you'd like to support us with a one off donation, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI and buy us a coffee or more, just buy a, a donate an amount on a one off piece that will buy Derek who is editing to the wee hours of the morning, a coffee or just some form of beverage, potentially alcoholic, potentially non-alcoholic, potentially (laughs) just water, whatever he is, whatever is going to wet his whistle that particular night of editing. So we will appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Yes. You can go remember that is buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI or patreon.com slash TV podcast industries. Don't want to do either of those. Don't worry. You can also support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends Because sharing the podcast is what, gentlemen?
0: Sharing Sharing the the love, love, of course. The scroll love. Yes.
1: The scroll love. Yes. Well, that's exactly what Nick Fury does. Mm -hmm. But let's not talk about that.
0: Exactly. Uh, But let us get into our feedback section from our fellow defenders uh, and hear their thoughts Our first email comes in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow species bender defenders. (laughs) It's been a while since we've seen Marvel on the small screen. Few better characters to start with than Nick Fury. This, even though the first episode has gone out of its way to say, don't expect much from an unprepared old man who is facing an enemy that is Legion. Also, Ross has already been iced, and we're fridging him. Hill. Hmm. Good luck. Not much to say about this dire scene setting first episode other than Fury had best get his groove back real quick. After the month's long dearth, I'll take anything, including dire. Welcome back, Kevin. K-E-V-I-N, of course, from <laughs> um, She-Hulk. Four false furies, damn dirty bombs, and hills to die on out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. P.S. Here's to hoping for an appearance of the Super Scroll. Mm Hmm, yes, we could be getting that uh, later on in the series. Yeah, great stuff, coffee and vodka. And nice to have you back with your uh, thoughts, your dulcet thoughts on uh, the Marvel episodes.
2: Yeah, I completely misread uh, his note there saying it was a dire scene setting first episode. And then he gave it four out of five. And I was going, oh, no, he means it's a dire situation for everybody. I guess. Okay, (laughs) Good stuff.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Coffee and vodka. We also have an email from Russell Hooper who had this to say. Hi, guys. Chris, many congratulations on your new son. Thank you very much, Russell. Uh, I, a question, if I may. His name is Miles. Any Star Trek influences in the name? No. Uh, I was more of the spider kind of I had Miles Morales and then his initials are MJ. Um, so therefore now he is, uh, kind of. Spider-Man's girlfriend, wife. I just thought it was cool having all the initials and then the mozzarella. But additionally, we did give him a middle name, which is Alexander, or just short for Lex, i.e. Lex Luthor. So I'm giving him both a hero and a villain. Very he can curious. be whatever he wants to be. So he is both DC and Marvel, um, and he yeah, we're, we're going with all of it.
2: I love it. But if he does grow up to be an Irish engineer... And working in space, uh, you can say it was actually inspired by Miles O'Brien, uh, the chief engineer of uh, Deep Space Nine
1: oh that's what they're going for oh, yes go. yes then yes i'm gonna say yes he's irish the only problem is he's miles with a y instead of an i uh-huh. so we can just say miles o'brien actually was with a y you know because he's irish he's a bit different
0: <laughs> there you go there you go there you yes. go who also served on the enterprise yes he did. yes
1: yes he did <laughs> also T-S9 and everything else <laughs> he was also in the commitment he know, was
2: so- he, was, he well, the actor was. on The Commitments. Miles O'Brien was not in The Commitments. That would be well, weird. we
1: don't know. There's a lot of timey-wimey, strange <laughs> yeah. back and forth in he, space. He was
0: fixing the amps. He's like, I yeah. can't it, do it, Captain. That's Sky. I know it is. <laughs> I can't not, remember Miles O'Brien's uh, famous thing.
1: Uh, thanks, Russell. You know, this is going to be a weird yeah. one. Anyway. Russell went on to say, I looked at IMDb and they say Colby Smulder is in five episodes of this series. Not sure what to make of that or even if IMDb is reliable, but there it is. I'm leaning in that she and Fury faked her death. As always, great show, guys. Keep it up, Russell. Thank you, Russell. And as you have heard from my thoughts at this point five, I believe they have also faked her death. So, yes, I am with you on that.
0: Uh, yeah absolutely um thanks russell um maybe it's just her dead body maybe it's just flashbacks there'll be flashbacks mm-hmm. of her sort of lying on the ground dead well the credit that she has on the show is um special guest star
2: um which just simply in credits means she gets paid more than someone that just came in for one episode so if she appears in five credits she'll get that pay for five credits um but don't trust imdb uh, imdb is um editable by uh, me Um, And by uh, most people who have an account for IMDb. So it's not necessarily true uh, as to whether I I heard heard a great great, uh, conversation or I saw a great conversation the other day uh, on Twitter between um, two people who work in payroll um, of uh, of big uh, television companies who were basically saying, don't ever trust anything on there. I work in payroll. I know exactly how many episodes a season has because I have to pay people by the episode number. So if I'm telling you there's five episodes in a series, just because IMDb says six. Uh, doesn't mean uh, that that IMDb is right. And the response from the other person on payroll said, uh, yeah, I once uh, amended credits to say that, um, that Daniel Radcliffe was in Glee just to see uh, people freak out about it. So there you go. <laughs> so uh, don't trust IMDb. It's editable by anybody. Um, but I think it's just the credits. It's a great way to keep it hidden that she dies in the first episode, isn't it, as well? So yeah, um, that's, true. that's not saying she won't come back, but it's not necessarily Good. to do with the credits on
0: IMDb. There you go, Maria Hill to come back as a zombie. Oh, Marvel zombies coming
2: to your screen soon from uh, from Disney. There, that is in production, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. Good stuff. Thanks, Russell. Over on Facebook, Donald Dennis says, "In all, it was a pretty good start. Though I will miss Hill for the rest of the series. There are there were some things I think they meant to be clear, which are not. Those bombs were not the dirty bombs uh, they were so afraid of, right?" Um, no, they're not, Donald. Um, I think that was called out in the second episode here that yeah. that was just a way to, to draw out Fury and Talos, um, to make sure that they came to the square to, to scare them into coming, I think. Um, that's what that was. Uh, Donald followed, followed up with another message saying, having listened to your episode on episode one, we have different understandings of the exchanges between the scrolls. Guy told a new refugee that the scrolls who go out into the world maintain their human shape so that they will be harder to detect, while it may be true that staying in that shape also does some of the other things you were chatting about. It really felt like it was more about fitting into that human form more and being less likely to slip up when they were pretending to be someone like Practice makes perfect. Also it's a bit easier on the budget um, Can scrolls shape shift into looking like other scrolls? I'm still not certain what the pods the humans are attached to are supposed to do. Do they restrain people and allow scrolls to access their memory? Does it only form a connection when they're touching it, or is there a long-term connection that the scroll can access when they aren't touching it? If the human is dis- is disconnected, will that have any effect in that In what episode do you think we'll see Ross attached to one of those things? I like how they're being fairly economical with the effects. Uh, Warriors stay in human form and how they're really hid. Fury's transport with clever lighting when he came on screen. It feels like maybe they planned this all out. Good stuff, Donald.
1: Yeah, thanks, Donald. I like to think the idea is beyond just kind of It, it practice makes perfect. It, it allows them to do more than that. Like They can turn their blood from green to red because they've shifted for that long. But yeah, it could just be a practice makes yeah. perfect, but I, I, I do like the idea that it's greater because... People are looking for scrolls or have been looking for scrolls for longer. Mm.
0: So Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Donald. Um also on Facebook, Victor Von Doom says, Greetings, defenders. Let me start by saying I have been a fan of Nick Fury since he was Sergeant Fury of the Howling Commandos mm-hmm. and Agent of Shield in the Marvel Comics. I love the Cold War spy thriller premise wrapped in the MCU. Graphic reminds me of Carly from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. Amelia Clark let a bit of a Khaleesi peek out when Gaia learned of her mother's death. Looking forward to Fury getting his super agent mojo working. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Uh, thank you so much, Victor. Yes. Well, yourself and Derek shall have to do a sort of nerd off.
1: Fury off. <laughs> yeah,
0: Fury off. A uh, furious Fury off, uh, over Nick Fury. Um, yep. yeah. I, I must say, I've always loved Nick Fury because with Doctor Strange, then, Everything always pointed towards strange tales, and of course, they were side by side uh, in that comic as well. So, um, big fan of old uh, Nick Fury. Plus, also, there was a weird comic which I can't remember what it was called Mm -hmm. in the UK, which always then had his Howling Commandos in there. It was like, it was kind of before Marvel was really in the UK. Yeah. um and they, looked,
2: they yeah i think we looked up looked it up before i think it was just called marvel war comics and they had um they had bits of uh of stories from sergeant fury and sadly but they,
0: it yeah. was in a completely different print it was like yeah. in a british comic i just can't remember what it was called um so yeah it was good though mm-hmm. I enjoyed it absolutely yeah. absolutely
2: good stuff thanks victor Brandy Lee Anderson says, Fairly good start, I already prefer the MCU take on Secret Invasion as far as scrolls are not a monolith. In the comics, scrolls equals bad, and in Captain Marvel, Scrolls equals good, with the caveat that her hands weren't completely clean. But I like this more realistic take, in which not only are there scrolls that are on our side, as well as those who are against us, but to dive even deeper, they all want the same thing in the long run. But their means to go about achieving that goal are completely different. Not to mention that in this episode they've had the same dynamic to a lesser extent within the humans in the spy game. You have Fury and Hill who have scrolls they consider friends and allies. And on the other side you have MI6 Lady who appears to be more on the extreme point. In which you just eradicate all scrolls and be done with it. Not only is this all more indicative of real life, it's just an all around more interesting and complicated storyline. Side note, I wonder how Monica's after credit scene from One Division will play out in all of this. I think seeing Monica will be more likely and imp- impactful than seeing Carol Danvers. Oh,
0: I like it, uh, Brandy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good call. Hmm, it is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It's going to be an interesting one to see whether that actually pans out, though.
2: Yeah, good stuff, Brandy. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see Monica back uh, on Disney TV, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. Be quite a cool yeah. choice. I know, obviously, they're all filming together for for the Marvels during this time, so it could be quite easy to get all three of them in there for a little uh, a little moment, yeah. all the Marvels together uh, on on the TV.
0: Absolutely, and I think that more complicated story makes all the motivations much more complicated for figuring out, or at least with all the different intrigue and possibilities, because it's there's complicated motives coming in on it mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah. You know, I mean, effectively, the scroll we see here in episode two, she's married to Nick Fury. Her motivation's yep. very different um, compared to another scroll um, mm-hmm. who's not married to a human, for yeah. example, um, but could be pro human. So, yeah. yeah, it's really good and it, it kind of it makes it a little more tricky to navigate in terms of certainty, I think, uh, for sure. So, yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Brandy. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Brandy. We also got some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips, who had this to say, they can't have killed off Hill, not after an entire Legends clip show about her. (laughs) Very much enjoying the Cold War double and triple dealing twists and turns. Samuel L. Jackson doing an awesome job as the director. Olivia Coleman, the perfect Ditzy English spy controller. And I'm still impressed that the scrolls have such a command of accents. Do they speak Skrullian with regional variations? Oh my <laughs> god, that's gonna be cool. Thank you, Dr. Bob, because that's all I'm gonna think about now. Like the different elements and variations well, yeah. of Skrullion. It's like, sorry, I don't I didn't catch it's like if you heard someone from Cork, yeah. you're like, sorry, what now? Hmm?
2: Well, but yeah, okay, basically, if you hear the four variations of Irish that we have in Ireland, uh, this yes. tiny country uh, can totally see that Scrolean yeah. could be spoken really differently. But interestingly, in the second episode, we actually have an explanation for why a lot of them speak with British accents, right? Because Brixton is, was the base that was chosen. Yep. Brixton in the UK was the base that was chosen in '97. So uh, a lot of English actors here taking on these roles, and now it all makes sense, right? So uh, yes. I like that. Good stuff. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, uh, thanks, Dr. Bob. With that, we will say goodbye to Chris, because uh, Judy's call... Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. We will have you back, obviously, uh, hopefully, yes. for the third episode of week. Secret Invasion. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone continuing listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share the podcast, share it with your friends. It's the only way that Miles is going to grow up to all the MCU stuff in the future <laughs> is if you subscribe to this podcast
2: excellent, and share it and tell <laughs> people
1: about ah, it because ah, then they have to go watch the show if they're going to listen about it. And it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's how this works. So remember, people. Thank you very much, and please like, subscribe, and share.
2: I love it. I love it, Chris. Uh, we are going to continue on yeah. with the feedback, but thanks so much, Chris. We'll talk to you again next
0: week. Yeah, see you, Chris. You Bye.
2: Bye. Great stuff to continue on with the feedback on episode one. Kelly Burgess says, It blew my mind two of my favorite characters gone in the first episode. I'm really hoping that Ross isn't dead, that maybe he's being held captive, and hated that Hill thought it was Fury in her last moments. This show has me really excited for Marvel once again, hoping it keeps getting better.
0: Excellent stuff, Kelly. Yes, uh, characters could be a falling thick and fast mm-hmm. in in this show. Hopefully, most of them will now change to a scroll, but who knows? Um, or is it just a grand plan? Of one well, Nicholas Fury. Yeah, you know, who knows? So good right. stuff. And um, thanks, Kelly. Uh, also, Ray from Into the Night, the Moonlight Podcast, says just managed to watch it now. Really enjoyed it. It was measured, and I enjoyed the pacing. Mm-hmm. The two main reveals was Emily Clark revealed as Talos's daughter, and the totally shocking ending. Mm. No. Gravac has been well established, all just in this one episode, so looking forward to the coming episodes. Not being able to trust anyone is a great premise, and the show immediately has created that paranoia that was so well done in the comics. Thanks so much, Ray. Great to hear from you. Um Yeah, absolutely. Shocking ending for episode one. Mm-hmm. Shocking, I guess, maybe for some, uh, ending for episode two. Yeah. And, yes, lots of twists and turns here for those to keep uh, you concentrating through the uh, the six-episode series. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ray. Uh, Chris Harrelson says, watch the show
2: last night and listen to your podcast today. You guys always help me think of things that I didn't catch on first viewing. And he has a question for us. So when you get a screen or copy of a show to view it ahead of the air date, is it still a physical disc they send you, or do you have some kind of code that you use to watch it digitally?
0: It most certainly is a code uh, and you watch it online.
2: Yeah, it's a site. It's specifically a site. The reason why I wanted to mention it is just because of the reason we didn't record last week, didn't record our, our episode Uh, two last week and while we may miss a couple of things if we record in advance um so it is digitally streamed we only can watch it a few times um before it airs what we do when we're writing our notes for an episode is we normally rewind back and forth and catch things on subtitles and that kind of thing and it's not as easy to do on the screen as well we absolutely appreciate them and it's great to see them in advance and it gives us time to prepare uh to record podcasts they're awesome to, to be honest to be to get a couple of episodes in advance it is much nicer being able to watch it after other people have seen it and catch things that you may not have caught on first viewing uh, or second it. viewing. So That's
0: yeah. it. And increasingly, like Derek said, it's normally you only have so many views of them mm-hmm. or they put a really, as was the case here, quite a short window on it Yeah, in terms of when they're live for that preview screener watch. Yeah, we had
2: 26 hours and uh, 16 of those hours we were all working. So, uh, (laughs) so it uh, made it really difficult uh, to cast that. And of course, we have to sleep as well uh, during that time too. So, Uh, but a good question, Chris. Uh, Thanks very much. Hope that, uh, hope that helps you out. Uh, We pop on to episode two feedback. Feedback on the second episode, John. Yes. First up on email, Coffee and Vodka says, Greetings fellow Fury following defenders. It's too bad they didn't release episodes 1 and 2 together to the general public. Paired with one another, they provide a much more immersive experience, moving from global imperative to personal stakes. And it doesn't get much more personal than a Mrs. Fury who finds it easy being green. The separation of Talos and Nick came as a bit of a surprise, but not as much as Fury's anger. What did he expect it after not finding them a homeworld and a years-long disappearance? After Gravik's speech to the council, I must admit I'm kind of on his side, especially after his words about dogs versus humans. The second separation of Fury and Rhodey came as a complete surprise as well, and seemingly points to Rhodey being a scroll trying to take Fury off the board early. Either that, or it's the biggest red, green herring of the series. Kobe Smulders, according to IMDb, is in all six episodes, does an unseen body in a casket count. Olivia Colman, for the second time in as many episodes, stole the show. Bit of a slow start, but still very intriguing. Looking forward to episode three, four Green Thumbs, Disarming Mojos, and Frau Furies out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Great stuff, coffee vodka.
0: Yeah, good stuff there uh, from coffee and vodka. Um, yeah, interesting. Does kobe smolder's uh count when she's in a casket uh with an unseen body possibly i really don't know some of these uh contracts could be quite strange i guess um or whether it's to do with the recap you know yeah. we we see that again is it about flashbacks that might happen mm-hmm. or is she still alive and is going to pop up and um, as a zombie to connect everything into marvel zombies everything's connected or <laughs> just simply be some kind of overarching uh part of a master plan you, never um, know. you know never can quite tell Um I agree olivia coleman really really good there is just a feeling of ease with how she puts across um Sonya fallsworth um and i guess you know a little bit um a little is a lot with her um and i think that's really a good use uh, or of, of her for sure um, and yeah I, I would agree i i think the uh the fury and uh talos did come as a shock but i guess it is quite a large bombshell in fact a million scrolls worth of mm-hmm. a bombshell exactly. uh, and given everything going on then Maybe it's just exasperation Mm. Um, and he might actually be three steps behind rather than three steps ahead. So it's just... It's difficult to know a really good intrigue just across the board, uh, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I I do also agree with you on Gravik's comments about humans versus dogs. The way he describes it as um, dogs don't destroy their own uh, habitat, uh, the way he describes it from that external view that the scrolls have, uh, does make it very uh, convincing argument. Uh, great stuff, Coffee Vodka. Thanks so much for email.
0: Yeah, thanks again. Uh, back over to Facebook, where Heather Wallace says. One of the things I love about the MCU is how characters are friends and allies. The emotional connections feel very authentic. Mm -hmm. I enjoy seeing them develop from a place of respect, particularly between characters who have been on opposite sides. Fury and Talos are one of those friendships. I really liked the genuine affection between them last week. So to have Fury throw Talos out this week was upsetting. I'm hoping that it is happening early in the series which will mean they are reunited by the end, mm-hmm. as long as one doesn't have to sacrifice themselves for the other. The whole series has given me serious 80s flashbacks from the Cold War paranoia to Ben Mendelsohn. I watched one of his first TV shows back in 1985. It's called The Henderson Kids, if you're interested. His girlfriend was played by an equally unknown young performer called Kylie Minogue. Interesting. Interesting Badum-badum. stuff. Yeah. Yes, um... Thank you for the offer of uh Henderson Kids. Um I'm not too sure whether I will take it up though, but I'd, I would I just like don't know where to we'd see find it. Yeah. Well that's true. That's the other side. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see some of Ben Mendelssohn's um early work for sure because you know for me he zoomed out of nowhere mm. in a sense uh, from with uh Rogue One uh, as mm-hmm. director Krennic. Uh, e- even though being in the Dark Knight rises it was just that association but it was a much smaller part that yeah. he played in that and then obviously getting the the role in miss marvel so uh it didn't come from nowhere that's the point point. Yeah, and absolutely. I, you know i'm sure there's some really good back catalog of his work there absolutely. um you know so yeah might say it might not yeah. um I prefer Kylie's music, maybe, to her acting. <laughs> I, so I thought I you there. did watch about six years of her uh, of on
2: Neighbours, though, John, didn't you?
0: I did. <laughs> but that was Neighbours. That was Neighbours, yeah. it wasn't the acting either. Uh, and then Home stuff. and Away. Yeah. Because no. they were on a beach. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. And that was her sister, Danny, wasn't it? Was on that. Oh, I don't remember (laughs) I remember Chris Hemsworth. Going way too far back into the 80s uh, for reminiscing. But thanks so much for your thoughts there, Heather. Uh, Donald Dennis says, I like this episode, but man, were there some awkward cuts. The problem is, I can't tell how much of this is due to the nature of what is being obscured by the spy thriller nature of it, and how much is questionable directing. The flashback was particularly rough, with very on-the-nose dialogue, but that could be a, here is how Fury remembers it, not-how-it-really-was type scene. The bar scene also felt a bit performative, and it was almost like they reshot a lot of that scene where the actors weren't in the same room, but maybe that was an artefact of multiple takes, or perhaps the characters were communicating in in a way that the casual observer isn't supposed to notice, like later in the series we'll eventually see the scene with more context and additional footage. Also, about 47 minutes in, when the door got blown off the interrogation room, it didn't seem to be the door that our interrogator barricaded. I saw no indication of the barricade we were shown the interrogator placing across the door. Are we going to find out that the entire scene is a double bluff? Like the person they rescued was a different scroll, and maybe when they were going to be executed, that was the one who came back instead of the one who killed them. Can scrolls regrow fingers? I can't tell if this is a flawless masterpiece or if it is unravelling at the seams. Either way, I'm engaged." Interesting stuff, Donald. I have to say, I actually did notice that uh, when they blew off the hinges of the door, that it fell forward—the exact way that you would open it. And the whole thing that Falsworth did was put a bar across the inside of the door, so you couldn't pull it open. So, how would explosives blow the door open? <laughs> so it did seem a bit weird. It's a, it's an, it's an interesting one to catch. As for the, uh, the scene between um, Roadie and, um. Fury in in the restaurant. I was too gripped by what was going on. I must say, I didn't notice anything wrong with the uh wrong with the cuts or editing in that scene.
0: Yeah, no, I I really liked it. I thought, um, you know, I mean, maybe it's done in that way because ultimately, Roddy did have at least one of his security guards in the room. So, I mean, you know, that kind of conversation Hmm. might not be as open and as expressive as it should have been. As to your point of Maybe we'll see that again with certain uh, additional context um, and so on to see that they were actually bouncing off one another with I guess the unspoken words, you mm. know, with eyes or whatever. So
2: yeah. he's Ro- taking every fourth word that uh, Fury's saying to him and forming the full sentence. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, like
0: yeah. Thanks yeah. Uh, as always for your comments, Donald. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Lee says, enjoyed that much more than episode one. I assume they're cooking up a super scroll using the harvested parts displayed on the computer screen. Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. Seems um, like that, Dan. Yeah. Let us hope that is the case, Dan. Uh, thanks very much Uh, also victor von doom says greetings defenders omg tom clancy and john le must be rolling or applauding in their graves (laughs) this is my kind of spy thriller the antagonists are firmly established and there's plenty of action and suspense sam jackson olivia coleman and cast are killing it Mm -hmm. kingsley benedire as Gravix is also very scary as he rarely raises his voice or shows any emotion. Mm-hmm. Can't figure if Rhodey is a scroll. His carpet bomb joke with Fury was amusing. Will Fury and Talos' partnership survive their falling out? I wonder if any other entities will enter the fray. Mm-hmm. Carol Danvers should show her face since she made the promise along with Fury. I like Fury's Federer. Reminds me of Raymond Reddington. Is Fury married to a scroll or is the wife an impersonator? Mm. The Otis Redding song was a nice touch. It sounded as if it was mixed with the commitments version. Very good. Looking forward to TVPI podcast and Defenders feedback. Excelsior Victor von Doom. Really please your loving Secret Invasion, Victor. And um, mm. certainly, yeah, it, it's such a, a great sort of show. And certainly, if you're into spy thrillers yep. such as myself, as is yourself, as is Derek, you know, everyone loves a good bit of double crossing here. And um, yeah, it's interesting on our Who Can We Trust? You know, is Rodi a scroll? I don't actually know whether I answered that when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, Derek thinks not. Yeah. Uh, Chris does. yeah I'm undecided. Very good. But if Very I'm undecided. pushed, I'd probably think he's a scroll at this case. Mm. Like you say, take him off the table. Um, and we certainly know that members of the Republican Party are scroll uh, mm. from the council. Although. We know the president isn't. Yes. Yes. And one of the interesting takes that I heard recently around the opening credits above the uh and away from the ai stuff Mm. is that when you see moscow and you see london the you know the cathedral in moscow red square and like Big Ben, they're all green. Whereas in the the part with the White House, Mm -hmm. that is still pristine white. That's right. And it's green clouds above it, you know, kind of the impending danger. Mm. But ultimately the purity of the White House is still intact. And that may extend beyond the president to include his personal staff, Mm -hmm. like Rhodes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe, but it maybe he's not a scroll, but I think he is at the moment, I have to say. Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll see more as the season goes on. Um, I will also say, I agree with you, Victor. Carol Danvers needs to get back here and show her face. She made the promise she alongside does. Fury. And not only that, while Fury was snapped away for five years, Carol Danvers was still around and working with the other Avengers. Remember when she was talking to um, Black Widow, uh, who was on Earth and stuff? So uh, she should have been dealing out something there for the scrolls while Fury was gone. Because she would have thought he was dead as well, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, she has to do. She has to take some responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Victor. Dr. Bob
2: says, so Hill is definitely dead-ish. Maybe. Or maybe not. (laughs) The more it's being emphasized, the less I'm believing it. I hope they show us a polka dot frog when Hill's mentioned (laughs) next. Excellent. Uh, I did love the story and game on the train as a method of ex- exposition. Plus a stark reminder that apartheid was uh, America was within a lifetime. Olivia Coleman, the torture. Indeed, the whole of the butcher shop scene was gory and impressive. Gravik must surely be the first Welch alien revolutionary to make war on the planet. <laughs> Great stuff. Dr. Bob <laughs> I love the, I love Gravik's accent. I was, I was trying to catch it. Um, when he was talking, and I was going, the fir- I think the first words he says I was going, is that, it's a Manchester accent that I'm hearing. Where's that from? No, it's Cardiff, uh, which is in Wales.
0: Yes. And it, it kind of, certainly around North Wales, which mm. Cardiff ain't, but Liverpudlian, I think, like can, soft Liverpudlian right. can sort of merge Get a bit into, into to Welsh. Very good. Very um, good. Tone, tonally, at least. Yeah. Uh, yes. But uh, yes, certainly Welsh alien revolutionaries. I think he's probably the first. Yeah, for sure. Great stuff thanks Dr Bob.
2: Great stuff Dr Bob. And finally on this episode Brandy Elise Anderson has a theory. She says I wonder if Graphic went and lived with Fury and his wife back in 1997 and that's why Graphic has taken Fury's actions or lack thereof so hard because Fury's wife is the scroll who introduced Graphic to Fury in the meeting.
0: Interesting. Very good
2: Brandy. I think that's uh, that was Chris's um theory earlier on as well wasn't it? So similar theory to that that Graphic went and maybe lived with Fury and his wife so um but it's like it could have been all the way back then in 1997 and fury maybe got together with his wife before that
0: yeah yeah
2: well, I, I guess given the uh, cliffhanger at the end of this episode we'll probably find out much more about their relationship at the start of episode three
0: Yes, good stuff. Uh, Good theory. Thanks, Brandy. But thank you so much, fellow Defenders, for all your feedback. Mm -hmm. It is great to get your thoughts on Episode 1 and, of course, this episode, Episode 2. Keep your thoughts, comments, theories, questions uh, coming in uh, for the remaining episodes of Secret Invasion. It's certainly a show that lends itself to huge amounts of discussion I love given it. all the possibilities coming from this spy thriller Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much fellow defenders.
2: Yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast over at tvpodcastindustries.com and if you do go over there to the website again you can find uh, all the questions to our Secret Invasion pub quiz and if you do subscribe to the podcast uh, you will also be getting our coverage of The Witcher Season 3 the first five episodes of that dropped on the 29th of June now because it's a Netflix series and all five episodes dropped at the same time. Uh, We don't have a schedule for when we're releasing it, but we are hoping to record our our coverage of the first episode of The Witcher Season 3 this week, uh, ahead of episode three of Secret Invasion, but we've just got to plan it out. Uh, Make sure we all have availability to do that. So uh, it will be coming soon. You can get your thoughts in on The Witcher to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. There's a spoiler post up there for all five episodes. So whatever way you watch it, if you want to share your thoughts with us as you go, uh, you're more than welcome to. We'd love to hear them.
0: Yes, Uh, but we will be back with episode three of Secret Invasion next week but in the meantime keep watching keep listening and keep scrolling be careful who you trust bye